Hey, everybody out there in podcast land. Ugh, goddamn, that sounds dumb. Hey, this is a bonus debate coverage episode brought to you by our loyal and loving and supportive PayPal and Patreon family. If you, too, would like to support the show and episodes just like this, go to dollamore.com slash Patreon or dollamore.com slash PayPal. Thanks. The following broadcast may contain free thinking and open-minded discussion, ideas, skepticism, and adult subject matter. Topics will be discussed using adult language, sometimes gratuitously. Get ready to move the conversation forward. This ain't your granddad's news and comment show. This is I Doubt It with Dollamore. All right, everybody. Thank you for joining us. Third and final presidential debate bonus analysis breakdown episode. Jesse Dollamore, that's me, everybody. <laughs> Joining me across the table from me is my lovely and talented co-host, Brittany Page. Boy, was this a shit show or what? Kind of a snoozer, but a snoozer shit show, you know? Well, because Chris Wallace was able to tame the beast. <laughs> Let's not jump right in. I wanted to talk a little bit about some apologies going the audience's way from me first. Why? Well, I just wanted to apologize that uh, if I tend to have a smacky mouth, it's because I just ate cheese. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. All right. I don't think it will be as bad as what we heard uh, during the debate tonight. No. So I don't think you have to worry about it. I I just... Juice mouth. Yeah, I'm a little a little smacky. A little juice mouth. I just had a fistful of cheese before walking in. Well, let's let's be clear. It's a meat and cheese treat. <laughs> it's a meat and cheese treat. Well, I thought it was a cheese and meat treat. It's not. Because when I did it, I wrapped the meat around the cheese. Which says a like lot about de- you. Like deli meat. Like yeah. sliced, delicious smoked turkey. Yeah. And I wrapped it around a piece of Swiss cheese. And you very delicately mm-hmm. and graciously... With Inst- my meat and cheese treat. Instructed me that I was doing it incorrectly. Yeah. And then I I noticed your method, which mm-hmm. is far better than me because I have slimy meat fingers. Yeah. And uh, uh, there's a joke there somewhere, but uh, <laughs> that uh, I was I was to wrap the cheese around the slimy meat. Correct. That yeah. is the appropriate method to eat a delicious meat and cheese treat. All right. On to Chris Wallace, everybody. <laughs> I don't know what happened. So Chris Wallace was the moderator for today's debate. And overall, I think he did a fair job. Mm-hmm. He didn't knock it out of the park. Uh, there were things I did not like. Me too. I, I, if I had any criticism, we'll see if they match up. If I have any criticism of, of Mr. Wallace, the son of the, the late Mike Wallace, legendary newsman from 60 Minutes and so many other things, but if I had any criticism for, for Mr. Wallace tonight, that would be the fact that he was a little too responsive, if you will, to little quips and jokes that were made by, like, Donald Trump. When Donald Trump said something stupid, rather than just press on like a professional, you got like a... <laughs> right, like he a, laughed. Chortled. Was that the same thing you got? Yeah. yeah. I, I didn't think that was appropriate. Yeah, uh, me either. Because it was almost encouraging it, or... 
look at us, we're having a playful exchange or something. Yeah, just do your fucking job, man. Yeah, and you're not supposed to show any kind of favoritism. Yeah. At all. Right. And kind of giggling with Donald Trump, even if it's, you know, just out of complete horror. Well, there were several times where he would ask a question, a pointed question to Hillary Clinton, and Donald Trump would be like, oh, that's true, that's true. And rather than swat those away... He, at one point, he said, and I think in a very sarcastic way, he said, oh, thank you, sir. Thank you. But just, you know what? Tell Donald Trump to shut the fuck up. It's not your time. Right. Even that, thank you, sir, that's almost validating his bullshit. Right. Right? So yeah. he said, oh, thank you for bringing that up. Thank you for calling Hillary Clinton out on her BS. Like and then, trying to paint him as an ally. Right. When Chris Wallace, he might work for Fox News. He's not... An ally, an ally of Donald Trump. Right, but saying thank you, sir, was kind of weird. It kind of gave that impression. And I don't believe that they are. You know, I don't believe that right. Chris Wallace is a fan yeah. of Donald Trump. When yeah. that whole thing happened with Megyn Kelly asking her famous question, Chris Wallace was on the panel with Brett Baer. And in the subsequent days took up for Megyn Kelly. Right. It was ready to take up for Megyn Kelly knowing she was going to ask that question that night. And she had to tell them... If things get bad, do not jump in and protect right. me. I, I will handle it. I got this. Right. I got this. Right. <laughs> My girl. All right. Well, would you like to start with the traditional winners and losers? Keep in mind, sad times here, Brittany Page. Yeah. This is our last debate. It is really sad. I do have to say, though, uh, winners and losers, Trump handed Hillary's ass to her on a platter. <laughs> No, I'm kidding. That didn't happen at all. Of course it didn't happen. <laughs> um, Donald Trump is always an embarrassment at these debates. Yeah. And I don't know how he continues to do worse, but it seems like that is the case. He started you, you off... You think he did worse this time, huh? Well, he started off acting normal. And I was like, wow, he's not being provoked. He's kind of talking in a calm tone. Hmm. He's not saying little stupid remarks. Weird. I wonder if this will last. And then it didn't. Well, so I assume you you, you think that uh, he lost. Yeah. And it was a poor performance. Yes. I would say, I would agree with that 100%. However, I would, I would take it to a more nuanced level. And I would say that mm. uh, Donald Trump, you know, because nuance is my friend. Yeah, it's not mine. I would say that while he did poorly... And while he did lose the debate, he uh, he did better than he has done in any prior debate. Hands down, no question about it. So just that will make him look like he did astronomically well. You know what I mean? It's If, if you're a serial killer, <laughs> and uh, rather than killing like 30 people in a week, you only like break the arm of one, you still maimed someone, but... It's not quite the level of carnage that everybody's used to. You know what I mean? Well, he called Hillary Clinton a nasty woman. Yeah. He, he really has no conception of what is decorum. I mean, I'm telling people that that literally happened. And I, I don't think that some people I'm telling are very shocked. Here's, here's the thing I think I'm seeing. I think I'm seeing it. You tell me. Okay. You're, you're closer. Are you a millennial? Or do you fit into that particular... I know you're not into labels. <laughs> I believe my birth year 
makes me a millennial. Yes, you're right on the you're on the old end of it, Ro. Though, right? I'm googling millennial right now. <laughs> well, my my theory is, and my my I'm disconcerted about it, is that these millennials that are coming up, you know, they're just getting to vote maybe for the first time. That wouldn't include you, but they're just getting to vote maybe for the first time. They think this is normal, run-of-the-mill politics, and this is not. Millennials are 81 to 97, so yes. Yeah, so eh, it uh, that's a scary thing for me. Because going forward, I don't want to have a class of politicians who grew up watching Donald Trump thinking that's the way to play the game. Well, it's also the people who are celebrating that line, similar to the she should be in jail line, people right. who were celebrating that line, it's... People who probably loved The Apprentice. Oh, yeah. And so they think, oh. AKA terrible people. <laughs> I also lovingly refer to them as bumpkins. And yes. I think that people. Uh, I, I went for the banjo and I don't have it. <laughs> I think that people are used to Donald Trump playing a character that excites them and entertains them. But this is different. This isn't a reality show. This is our country. Yes. So it isn't funny when this kind of stuff goes on. Yeah. All right. Well, let's just get into this, huh? The debate started with a question about the Supreme Court and the subsequent picks that are likely to have happen once the next president is elected. Secretary Clinton, Mr. Trump, welcome. Let's get right to it. The first topic is the Supreme Court. We, you both talked briefly about the court in the last debate, but I want to drill down on this because the next president will almost certainly have at least one appointment and likely or possibly two or three appointments, which means that you will, in effect, determine the balance of the court for what could be the next quarter century. First of all, where do you want to see the court take the country? And secondly, what's your view on how the Constitution should be interpreted? Is, do the founders' words mean what they say, or is it a living document to be applied flexibly according to changing circumstances? In this segment, Secretary Clinton, you go first. You have two minutes. Thank you very much, Chris, and thanks to UN. Let me say this before I let her answer. There were several moments in this debate that bothered me a lot that they went to Hillary Clinton first. Yes. Because two things. One, it gives Donald Trump an opportunity to fucking glean from what she's saying what he should say. Absolutely. And two, it just gives him time to think about what to say, period. Yeah. I had this issue with the last debate. For example, the say something positive about one another. Yes. And they went to Hillary first. And I was very frustrated because I felt as though she was answering most of the questions first. It would have been awesome to catch him off guard. Exactly. And make him answer on his feet. Right. Now, V, for hosting us. You know, I think when we talk about the Supreme Court, it really raises the central issue in this election. Namely, what kind of country are we going to be? What kind of opportunities will we provide for our citizens? What kind of rights will Americans have? And I feel strongly that the Supreme Court needs to stand on the side of the American people, not on the side of the powerful corporations and the wealthy. For me, that means that we need a Supreme Court that will stand up on behalf of women's rights, on behalf of the rights of the LGBT community, 
that will stand up and say no to Citizens United, a decision that has undermined the uh, election system in our country because of the way it permits dark, unaccountable money to come into uh, our electoral system. I have major disagreements with my opponent about these issues and others that will be before the Supreme Court. But I feel that at this point in our country's history, uh, it is important that we not reverse marriage equality, that we not reverse Roe v. Wade, that we stand up against Citizens United, we stand up for the rights of people in the workplace, that we stand up and basically say the Supreme Court should represent all of us. That's how I see the court and the kind of people that I would be looking to uh, nominate to the court uh, would be in the great tradition of standing up to the powerful, standing up on behalf of our rights as Americans. And I look forward to having that opportunity. I would hope that the Senate would do its job and confirm the nominee that President Obama has sent to them. That's the way the Constitution fundamentally should operate. The president nominates and then the Senate advises and consents or not, but they go forward with the process. Secretary Clinton, thank you. Mr. Trump, same question. See, that is, a, that is an articulate answer. That is a well-thought-out answer. That is an answer to be expected from Hillary Clinton. And all that time, the orange-faced wonder is sitting there, the gerbil running through his brain, him concocting the answer. Right. Even though he did have time, you're going to learn very quickly that he resorted to word salad. This was his most embarrassing response of the night. <laughs> well, it took him a while to get the old brain revved up. Mr. Trump, same question. Where do you want to see the court take the country and how do you believe the Constitution? And then here's the other thing. Chris Wallace, apparently Chris Wallace did a terrible job and I just forgot. Chris Wallace repeated the question for Donald Trump. Yeah. No. Right. It's his job to remember what the goddamn question was. Constitution should be interpreted. Well, first of all, it's great to be with you, and thank you, everybody. The Boo. Supreme Court, it's what it's all about. Our country <laughs> is so, so... Hang on. It's what it's all about. Oh, it's so important. Uh, the Supreme Court, it's yeah, it's what it's all about. I wonder... What does that even mean, you jackass? I wonder if Hillary Clinton just stands <laughs> there looking at him. Like, uh, is this really happening? Is this really... She's probably thinking about what paintings she wants to have in the Oval Office right now. Like, how am I <laughs> going to decorate my office? Because I'm for sure going to be there. <laughs> it's so imperative that we have the right justices. Something happened recently where Justice Ginsburg uh, made some very, very inappropriate statements toward me and toward a tremendous number of people, many, many millions of people that I represent. And... So I thought that he was going to say something happened recently with the death of Scalia. Right, because he has he has floated out there conspiracy theory right, about but, Antonin Scalia being murdered. Right, but even aside from that, I thought he was going to take a very political angle in his question and say, you know, something happened recently with the death of Scalia and there's an open seat and right. there's possibly going to be more open seats as the older people die. Instead, <laughs> she made fun of me. Instead, she disagreed with me. It took him 
15 seconds to make this about him. The question (laughs) was about the Supreme Court, and he somehow turns a question about the Supreme Court into something that harmed him where he was insulted. It was psychic injury. (laughs) She was forced to apologize, and apologize she did. But these were statements that should never, ever have been made. We need a Supreme Court that, in my opinion, is going to uphold the Second Amendment and all amendments, but the Second Amendment, which is under absolute siege. Uh, I believe if my opponent should win this race, which I truly don't think will happen, uh, we will have a Second Amendment, which will be a very, very small replica of what it is right now. But I feel that it's absolutely important that we uphold because of the fact that it is under such Uh, trauma. Uh, I feel that the uh, justices that I am going to appoint, and I've named 20 of them. Now, listen to this answer. I don't want to keep cutting this off and starting and stopping, but listen to his answer intently. Get meaning from the words that he speaks about exactly, not necessarily the, the justices that he will appoint, but when he gets to the part about original intent, a strict constructionist, or, or or the living, breathing Constitution part of this question. Right. Listen to what he says. The justices that I'm going to appoint will be pro-life. They will have a conservative bent. Uh, they will be protecting the Second Amendment. They are great scholars in all cases, and they're people of tremendous respect. Uh, they will interpret the Constitution the way the founders wanted it interpreted. And I believe that's very, very important. I don't think we should have justices appointed that decide what they want to hear. It's all about the Constitution of, of and, and so important, the Constitution the way it was meant to be. And those are the people that I will appoint. <laughs> it's embarrassing. It's embarrassing. Uh, He's running for president, everybody. I was listening to this in the car, and I was cringing. I mean, I was cringing behind the wheel because it's so awkward to hear this 70-year-old man who's (laughs) running for president of the United States. Ivy League educated 70-year-old man. He can't. I mean, what did they do to prep him? What did his college do to fail him? What did his education do to fail him when he talks about, I'm going to appoint people that will rule the way the founders, they will will interpret the Constitution the way the founders intended it? Hey, dickhead, that's the entire crux of of the conflict between constructionists, loose or strict constructionists. Right. Is how did the founders intend it? Well, he... it's, it's not as easy as just, oh, well, we're just going to do it the way the founders intended. Well, Hillary Clinton would say the same thing, asshole. Well, he's going to have psychic people <laughs> on, the, on well, the Supreme Court. He does frequently talk about MacArthur and Patton rolling over in their graves. Maybe he does have some kind of a line in to the founding fathers to their graves where he can communicate with them. Yeah, I'll just ask them the directly what they meant. Ugh. And I'm sure that will be great. <laughs> All right. Well, next up is immigration. And this time they do go to Donald Trump first, which I, again, kind of bummed out at because this is his bread and butter. If he has bread and butter, it is immigration. This is his talking point. This is his xenophobic, anti-immigrant, anti-Mexican bullshit that he's been spewing for over a year. 
he has this down pat. Why do you have to go to him first for this? To the subject of immigration, uh, and there is almost no issue that separates the two of you more than the issue of immigration. Actually, there are a lot of issues that separate the two of you. <laughs> Mr. Trump, you want to build a wall. Secretary Clinton, you have offered no specific plan for how you want to secure our southern border. Mr. Trump, you are calling for major deportations. Secretary Clinton, you say that within your first 100 days as president, you're going to offer a package that includes a pathway to citizenship. Uh, the question really is, why are you right and your opponent wrong? Mr. Trump, you go first in this segment. You have two minutes. Well, first of all, she wants to give amnesty, which is a disaster and very unfair to all of the people that are waiting in line for many, many years. We need strong borders. In the audience tonight, we have four mothers of... I mean, these are unbelievable people that I've gotten to know over a period of years whose children have been killed, brutally killed by people that came into the country illegally. You have thousands of mothers and fathers and relatives all over the country. They're coming in illegally. Drugs are pouring in through the border. We have no country if we have no border. Hillary wants to give amnesty. She wants to have open borders. The border secure, as you know, the Border Patrol agent, 16,500 plus ICE last week, endorsed me. First time they've ever endorsed a candidate. It means their job is tougher, but they know what's going on. They know it better than anybody. They want strong borders. They feel we have to have strong borders. I was up in New Hampshire the other day. The biggest complaint they have, it's with all of the problems going on in the world, many of the problems caused by Hillary Clinton and by Barack Obama, all of the problems, their single biggest problem is heroin that pours across our southern borders, just pouring and destroying their youth. It's poisoning the blood of their youth and plenty of other people. We have to have strong borders. We have to keep the drugs out of our country. We are right now, we're getting the drugs, they're getting the cash. We need strong borders. We need absolute, we cannot give amnesty. Now, I want to build the wall. We need the wall. The Border Patrol, ICE, they all want the wall. We stop the drugs. We, we shore up the border. One of my first acts will be to get all of the drug lords, all of the bad ones. We have some bad, bad people in this country that have to go out. We're going to get them out. We're going to secure the border. And once the border is secured, at a later date, we'll make a determination as to the rest. But we have some bad hombres here, and we're going to get them out. Mr. Trump, thank you. Same question to you, Secretary Clinton. Some bad hombres, he says. <laughs> some bad hombres while talking about ostensibly illegal immigrants from Mexico. So uh -huh. he's 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 employing the only Spanish he knows mm -hmm. in a derogatory way. Yes. And I would like to say that Everything that came out of his mouth was the same talking points we always hear and right. nothing about how he actually plans to do these things. The other thing you don't hear, and this is, has some, something to do with the specificity of, you know, every, every president, they talk about what they're going to do in their first hundred days. You know, you're going you're gonna to hit the ground running. You're going to get all of these initiatives and measures and, you know, you have these goals set and you want to you reach them and hit them within the first 100 days. You know, it's this level of accomplishment. It's it's awesome. It, it's kind of a, a motivating factor. Donald Trump, I don't think I've ever heard him use the words in my first 100 days. Right. It's He's just out of his element. Same question to you, Secretary Clinton. Basically, why are you right and Mr. Trump is wrong? Well, 
I can't let it go on without commenting on the breathing. So oh, yeah. he is doing much better. And I think what they Sniffly told him. Sniffly diffily, everybody. I think what they told him to do is to breathe through his mouth. Because if you'll notice when he's talking, you can hear him inhale through his mouth. And so I wonder if they said, listen, you have a problem with your nose. And Brittany, no, he doesn't. He, he is. It's a bad microphone. It is permanently stuffed up. <laughs> And it sounds real bad. So we're going to need you to mouth breathe. You're just a hater. It's a microphone issue. Listen, it's not. (laughs) As he was talking, I was thinking about a young girl I met here in Las Vegas, Carla, uh, who was very worried that her parents might be deported because uh, she was born in this country, but they were not. They work hard. They do everything they can to give her a good life. And you're right. I don't want to rip families apart. I don't want to be sending parents away from children. I don't want to see the deportation force that Donald has talked about in action in our country. We have 11 million undocumented people. They have 4 million American citizen children, 15 million people. He said as recently as a few weeks ago in Phoenix that every undocumented person would be subject to deportation. Now, here's what that means. It means you would have to have a massive law enforcement presence where law enforcement officers would be going school to school, home to home, business to business, rounding up people who are undocumented. And we would then have to put them on trains, on buses to get them out of our country. I think that is an idea that is not in keeping with who we are as a nation. I think it's an idea that would rip our country apart. I have been for border security for years. I voted for border security in the United States Senate. And my comprehensive immigration reform plan, of course, includes border security. But I want to put our resources where I think they're most needed, getting rid of any violent person, anybody who should be deported, we should deport them. When it comes to the wall that Donald talks about building, he went to Mexico. He had a meeting with the Mexican president, didn't even raise it. He choked and then got into a Twitter war because the Mexican president said, we're not paying for that wall. So I think we are both a nation of immigrants and we are a nation of laws and that we can act accordingly. And that's why I'm introducing comprehensive immigration reform within the first 100 days with a path huh? to citizenship. Thank you, Secretary Clinton. There I it is. Follow first, up. I think first it's, I think 100 I days. Respond to them. The other thing. I think I should re- respond to this. <laughs> The other thing is, yeah, he fucking choked. That is beautiful premeditated language that she is trying to get him off kilter. Mm-hmm. She's trying to tilt him, as they say in the poker biz. Mm-hmm. You know, the poker biz. Yeah. Brittany Page. I know all about that biz. <laughs> so the next clip is kind of just a, a back and forth between the two about immigration. And uh, I thought it worthy of uh, the recap. And I want to follow Chris, up. I, I think it's, I okay. think I should respond to them. First of all, I had a very good meeting with the president of Mexico. Very nice man. Uh, we will uh, be doing very much better with Mexico on trade deals, mm. believe me. Mm. Uh, the mm-hmm. NAFTA deal signed by her husband is one of the worst deals ever made of any kind, signed by anybody. It's wow. a disaster. Hillary Clinton wanted the wall. Hillary Clinton fought for the wall in 2006 or thereabouts. Now, 
She never what? gets anything done, so naturally the wall wasn't built. <laughs> so is he maligning her for wanting to do what he thinks should be done? Is uh-huh. that what he's doing? Yeah. Well, not doing it soon enough or at all before him. <laughs> not doing it before she she supported the wall. Wait, isn't that a isn't that a good a good thing? Ugh. Yeah. God damn, he's a moron. But Hillary Clinton wanted the wall. Well, let me. We let are me, wait, a country wait, sir, let of me, laws. Let me, we either let me, have. And, and by the way, I, no wait. I'd like to hear from. Well, well, but I'd like to hear from. Se- I'd like to hear from Secretary Clinton. I voted for border security, and there are and uh, some, there are some limited places <laughs> where that was appropriate. There also is and necessarily going to be new technology and how best to deploy that. Uh, but it is clear when you look at what Donald has been proposing. He started his campaign bashing immigrants, calling Mexican immigrants rapists and criminals and drug dealers. Uh, that he has a very different view about what we should do to deal with immigrants now. What I am also arguing is that bringing undocumented immigrants out from the shadows, putting them into the formal economy will be good because then employers can't exploit them and undercut Americans' wages. And Donald knows a lot about this. He used undocumented labor to build the Trump Tower. He underpaid undocumented workers. And when they complained, he basically said what a lot of employers do. You complain, I'll get you deported. I want to get everybody out of the shadows, get the economy working, and not let employers like Donald exploit undocumented workers, which hurts them, but also hurts American workers. Mr. Trump. President Obama has moved millions of people out. Nobody knows about it. Nobody talks about it. But under Obama, millions of people have been moved out of this country. They've been deported. She doesn't want to say that, but that's what's happened. And that's what's happened big league. Uh, as far as moving what? these people out and moving, <laughs> we either have a country or we don't. We're a country of laws. We either have a border or we don't. Now, you can come back in and you can become a citizen. But it's very unfair. We have millions of people that did it the right way. They're online. They're waiting. We're going to speed up the process big league because it's very inefficient. What? Huh? But they're online and they're waiting to become citizens. Very unfair that somebody runs across the border, becomes a citizen. Under her plan, you have open borders. You would have a disaster on trade and you will have a disaster with your open borders. I, I wanna, but we, what she doesn't will. say is that President Obama has deported millions and millions of people just the way Secretary it is. Clinton, I want to... We, I, we, we will if, not sec- have open borders. Well, let me that add, that is a, a rank mischaracterization. Yeah, yeah. Secretary, Secretary Clinton. We will have secure borders, but we will also have reform. And this used to be a bipartisan issue. Ronald Reagan was the last president to sign uh, immigration reform, and George W. Bush supported it as well. So I... I keep hearing this open borders thing. And even Donald Trump, when he was talking, he was saying, you know, we're we're a nation of laws. We either have borders or we don't. Well, we do. So. Right. We we, do. We do. Because we are a nation of laws. Yeah. And if you go, you you can go to the border. I'm pretty sure you went. So you know that it's there. (laughs) Just because we don't have a fucking giant. colossal wall that you you're not going to build anyway just because we don't have a wall doesn't mean we don't have a border a border is just an imaginary construct an agreement between two countries anyway dickhole right and apparently the implication when they say she wants open borders that means she's going to go down you know two hours south of where we are right now and say why don't you guys just close up shop here yeah we, we don't need you to be working the border. 
<laughs> right. Yeah. No, no border patrol. Don't worry about it. No security. That's yeah. not her position. That's not the Democratic position at all. And it's certainly not Hillary Clinton's. All right. Well, next up it is a question asked about WikiLeaks and some of the stuff that was released. And Hillary Clinton, I think she handled it in stride. I think that this is such an unprecedented uh, situation. We've never had a foreign government trying to interfere in our election. We have 17, 17 intelligence agencies, civilian and military, who have all concluded that these espionage attacks, these cyber attacks come from the highest levels of the Kremlin, and they are designed to influence our election. I find that deeply disturbing, Secretary and Clinton. I think it's She time. has no idea whether it's Russia, China, it, or anybody else. I am else. not quoting myself. No idea. I am quoting Hillary, you 17, have no idea. 17 intelligence. Do you doubt 17 our, our military has and no civilian idea. agencies? Well, yeah, he'd rather it. believe Vladimir Putin than the military and civilian intelligence professionals who are sworn to protect us. I find that just Se absolutely... She doesn't right. like Mr. Putin Trump. because Putin Mr. has outsmarted her at every Mr. step Trump, of the way. I, I, Excuse I, I, me. Mr. Putin has Mr. outsmarted Trump, her in Mr. Syria. Trump, He's outsmarted her here. every step to, of the way. I do get to ask some questions. <laughs> yes, and I would fine. like to ask you this direct question. The top national security officials of this country do believe that Russia has been behind these hacks. Even if you don't know for sure whether they are, do you condemn any interference by Russia in the American election? By Russia or anybody else. You condemn their interference? Of course I condemn. Of course I can. I don't know Putin. I have I'm, no I'm idea. Asking, asking I never met that. Putin. This is not my best friend. <laughs> but if the United States got along with Russia, wouldn't be so bad. Oh, my God. Do you hear that? I did. That's like if you have a child. And you want, hey, were you just in the kitchen? What? I, what? No, I, I don't even like cookies. <laughs> Wait a minute. Are, are we talking about cookies or are you having been in the kitchen? Right. What, are there cookies missing? Like, I don't understand. Why are you bringing up cookies? Somebody seems guilty. Anybody else? You condemn their interference. Of course I condemn. Of course I can. I don't know Putin. I have I'm, no I'm idea. Asking, I'm asking I never met Putin. This is not my best friend. What's awesome about that? I think he is his best friend. Yeah, well, that's what I'm getting to here. Is <laughs> not only does uh, he say I don't know Putin, I don't, I never met Putin. He's not my best friend. <laughs> here is an interview, very short clip of an interview in 2013, where Donald Trump was asked about his relationship with Vladimir Putin. So when we talk about uh, what the current politics are back at home, we know that there is. Uh, a tense relationship between President Obama and Vladimir Putin, especially when it comes to world stage issues. Do you have a relationship with Vladimir Putin, a conversational relationship or anything that you feel you have sway or influence over his government? I do have a relationship and I can tell you that he's very interested in what we're doing here today. He's probably very interested in what you and I are saying today, and I'm sure he's going to be seeing it in some form. But I do have a relationship with him, and I think uh, it's very interesting to see what's happened. I mean, look, he's done a very brilliant job in terms of what he represents and who he's representing. If you look at what he's done with Syria, if you look at so many of the different things, he has really eaten our president's lunch. Let's not kid ourselves. He's done an amazing job.
If you were wondering, is that really Donald Trump? I know you were assured when you heard the sniffing, the sniffing. about 10 minutes from the end of the clip. Right. 10 seconds from the end of the 10 clip. minutes? Yeah. <laughs> it Time felt really Time is really long. slow for you right now. <laughs> I'm like, is he still talking? So you heard him in that clip say several times, or at least two times, that I do have a relationship with Vladimir Putin. Anybody else? You condemn their interference. Of course I condemn. Of course I can. I don't know Putin. I have I'm, no I'm idea. Asking, I'm I never met death. Putin. This is not my best friend. So what is it, Donald Trump? Do you have a relationship or do you not know him and he's not your goddamn best friend? Uh, I guess I was... That was for the air, I guess, but... Yeah, I, I don't... <laughs> I don't, I know, don't why know. I don't know why I expected you to answer. I don't know, but I can tell you one thing for sure is that Chris Wallace is not a potted plant. I'm not a potted plant, sir. I'm here to ask you questions. And who knew that that would really speak to Donald Trump, really get him under control? <laughs> Apparently, he has a lot of respect for potted plants. Or maybe a phobia. <laughs> Whatever it is, they need to have a potted plant near him at all times. That is immersion therapy. <laughs> so next up is the economy, and they start with Hillary Rodham Clinton. You also have very different ideas about how to get the economy growing faster. Secretary Clinton, in your plan, government plays a big role. Uh, you see more government spending, more entitlements, more tax credits, more tax penalties. Uh, Mr. Trump, you want to get government out with lower taxes and less regulation. Yes. We're going to drill down into this a little bit more. But in, in this overview, please explain to me why you believe that your plan will create more jobs and growth for this country and your opponent's plan will not. In this round, you go for a Secretary Clinton. Well, I think when the middle class thrives, America thrives. And so my plan is based on growing the economy, giving middle class families many more opportunities. Uh, I want us to have the biggest jobs program since World War II, jobs in infrastructure and advanced manufacturing. I think we can compete with high-wage countries, and I believe we should. New jobs and clean energy, not only to fight climate change, which is a serious problem, but to create new opportunities and new businesses. I want us to do more to help small business. That's where two-thirds of the new jobs are going to come from. I want us to raise the national minimum wage because people who live in poverty should not, uh, who work full-time should not still be in poverty. And I sure do want to make sure women get equal pay for the work we do. I feel strongly that we have to have an education system that starts with preschool and goes through college. That's why I want more technical education in high schools and in community colleges, real apprenticeships to prepare young people for the jobs of the future. I want to make college debt-free and for families making less than $125,000, you will not get a tuition bill from a public college or university if the plan that I worked on with Bernie Sanders uh, is enacted. And we're going to work hard to make sure that it is because we are going to go where the money is. Most of the gains in the last years since the Great Recession have gone to the very top. So we are going to have the wealthy pay their fair share. We're going to have corporations uh, make a contribution greater than they are now to our country. That is a plan that has been analyzed by independent experts, which said that it could produce 10 million new jobs. By contrast, Donald's plan has been uh, analyzed to uh, conclude it might lose uh, three and a half million jobs. Why? Because his whole plan is to cut taxes, to give the biggest tax breaks ever to the wealthy and to corporations, adding $20 trillion to our debt, 
and causing the kind of dislocation that we have seen before, because it truly will be trickle-down economics on steroids. So the plan I have, I think, will actually produce greater opportunities. The plan he has will cost us jobs and possibly lead to another great recession. Secretary, thank you. Mr. Trump. So naturally, the next would be Donald Trump talking about his economic plan. At the end of the clip, Hillary Clinton tries to get in there, and she says something about, ah, let me interpret that. And Donald Trump, this is kind of when uh, the wheels fell off the little red wagon that his brain <laughs> rolls around in, and he went off the rails. Secretary, thank you. Mr. Trump, why will your plan create more jobs and growth than Secretary Clinton? Well, first of all, before I start on my plan, her plan is going to raise taxes and even double your taxes. Her tax plan is a disaster, and she can say all she wants about college tuition and I'm a big proponent. We're going to do a lot of things for college tuition, but the rest of the public's going to be paying for it. We will have a massive, massive tax increase under Hillary Clinton's plan. But I'd like to start off where we left, because when I said Japan and Germany, and I'm not to single them out, but South Korea, these are very rich, powerful countries. Uh, Saudi Arabia, nothing but money. We protect Saudi Arabia. Why aren't they paying? She immediately, when she heard this, I questioned it. And I questioned NATO. Why aren't the NATO questioned? Why aren't they paying? Because they weren't paying. Since I did this, this was a year ago, all of a sudden they're paying. And I've been given a lot of, a lot of credit for it. All of a sudden they're starting a lot to of credit. pay up. They have to pay up. We're protecting people. They have to pay up. And I'm a big fan of NATO, but they have to pay up. She comes out and said, we love our allies. We think our allies are great. Well, it's awfully hard to get them to pay up when you have somebody saying, we think how great they are. We have to tell Japan in a very nice way. We have to tell Germany, all of these countries, South Korea. We have to say, you have to help us out. We have, during his regime, during President Obama's regime, we've doubled our national debt. We're up to $20 trillion. So my plan, we're going to renegotiate trade deals. We're going to have a lot of free trade. We're going to have free trade, more free trade than we have right now. But we have horrible deals. Our jobs are being taken out by the deal that her husband signed, NAFTA, one of the worst deals ever. Our jobs are being sucked out of our economy. You look at all of the places that I just left. You go to Pennsylvania, you go to Ohio, you go to Florida, you go to any of them. You go upstate New York. Our jobs have fled to Mexico and other places. We're bringing our jobs back. I am going to renegotiate NAFTA. And if I can't make a great deal, then we're going to terminate NAFTA and we're going to create new deals. We're going to have trade, but we're going to term we're going to terminate it. We're going to make a great trade deal. And if we can't, we're going to do it. We're going to go a separate way because it has been a disaster. We are going to cut taxes massively. We're going to cut business taxes massively. They're going to start hiring people. We're going to bring the two and a half trillion dollars that's offshore back into the country. We are going to start the engine rolling again, because right now our country is dying at 1% GDP. Well, let me translate that if I can, Chris, because um, you can't. The fact is he's going to. You can't. I mean, well, first of all, everything he said leading up to this point was fucking gobbledygook. Right. It was all of the buzzwords and talking points that he has up to this point, been known for just kind of fucking slap shod together mm-hmm. and puked out onto the American people. Right. And I don't know if you might be into that kind of a thing, but I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> Hope you're not saying that to me when and you then say you. The dick move at the end to Hillary Clinton. Yeah. And he does this a lot. He's done this throughout all of the debates, and she never engages it. 
Yeah. And it's pretty impressive because <laughs> I don't think I would be able to. She seemed maybe a little bit more thrown by it today. She mm-hmm. handled herself, I think, very well, but it did appear that she was more bothered by some of the bullshit and the interruptions and the goading than she has in the past. And maybe it's just because, you know, <laughs> I've taken all I can take and I can't take anymore kind of a deal. Mm-hmm. But she still she still came out on top. So next up, conveniently, right when Donald Trump starts falling apart, is talk about the sexual allegations against him that are now mounting. There are many, almost 10 women who have come out with very specific stories that corroborate his earlier claim that he likes to grab them by the pussy. The next segment is fitness to be president of the United States. Mr. Trump, at the last debate, you said your talk about grabbing women was just that talk and that you'd never actually done it. And since then, as we all know, nine women have come forward and said that you either groped them or kissed them without their consent. Why would so many different women from so many different circumstances over so many different years, why would they all in this last couple of weeks make up, you deny this, why would they all make up these stories? And since this is a question for both of you, Secretary Clinton, Mr. Trump says what your husband did and that you defended was even worse. Mr. Trump, you go first. Well, first of all, those stories have been largely debunked. Uh, those people, no, I don't know they those haven't. people. I have a feeling how they came. I believe it was her campaign that did it. Just like if you look at what came out today on the clips where I was wondering what happened with my rally in Chicago and other rallies where we had such violence. She's the one in Obama that caused the violence. They hired people. They paid them $1,500 and they're on tape saying be violent, cause fights, do bad things. I would say the only way because those stories are all totally false. I have to say that. And I didn't even apologize to my wife, who's sitting right here, because I didn't do anything. I didn't know any of these women. I didn't. He gave an interview yesterday where he said he apologized to his wife. And now, apparently, national TV, tens of millions of viewers, he didn't even apologize to his wife. Once again, liar. I didn't see these women. These women, the woman on the plane, the woman... I think they want either fame or her campaign did it. And I think it's her campaign because what I saw, what they did, which is a criminal act, by the way, where they're telling people to go out and start fistfights and start violence. And I'll tell you what, in particular in Chicago, people were hurt and people could have been killed in that riot. And that was now all on tape started by her. I believe, Chris, that she got these people to step forward. If it wasn't, They get their 10 minutes of fame, but they were all totally, it was all fiction. It was lies and it was fiction. Lies and fiction, Brittany Page. Up next, Hillary Clinton responds. Well, Secretary Clinton. At at the last debate, we heard Donald talking about what he uh, did to women. And after that, a number of women have come forward uh, saying that's exactly what he did to them. Now, what was his response? Well, he held a number of big rallies where he said that he could not possibly have done uh, those things to those women because they were not attractive enough for 
I, I did uh, not them say to be that. assaulted. I did not say that. In fact, he went on but to say... Her two, her two minutes, sir, her two minutes. But he, did he, not he, say that. It's her two minutes. He, he went on to say, uh, look at her. I don't think so. About another woman. He said, that wouldn't be my first choice. He attacked the woman reporter writing the story, called her disgusting, as he has called a number of women uh, during this campaign. You know, Donald thinks belittling women makes him bigger. He goes after their dignity, their self-worth, and I don't think there is a woman anywhere who doesn't know what that feels like. So we now know what Donald thinks and what he says and how he acts toward women. That's who Donald is. I think it's really up to all of us to demonstrate who we are and who our country is and to stand up and be very clear about what we expect from our next president, how we want to bring our country together, where we don't want to have the kind of pitting of people one against the other, where instead we celebrate our diversity, we lift people up, and we make our country even greater. America is great because America is good. And it really is up to all of us to make that true now and in the future, and particularly for our children and our grandchildren. Well, what a horrible response. <laughs> Seriously, how positive and uplifting. Mm-hmm. Why is that so goddamn hard for Donald Trump to accomplish? Why can't he not articulate anything resembling that? Because he uses scare tactics, and that's what works, because he is a dictator. Yeah, that's right. He's a despot. Ugh. Well, he responds, and it's this clip that I think is just a beautiful, it is the most awkward pivot in the history of American politics. Mr. Trump. Nobody has more respect for women than I do. Nobody. Nobody has more respect. Please, everybody. Everyone laughing. And (laughs) frankly, uh, those stories have been largely debunked. And I really want to just talk about something slightly different. She mentions this, which is all fiction, all fictionalized, probably or possibly started by her and her very sleazy campaign. But I will tell you, what isn't fictionalized are her emails where she destroyed 33,000 emails criminally, criminally. <laughs> oh, I don't know why that brings me so much joy. Does that not just just delight you? That he goes from his sexual assaults, the many claims against him in this weird, clunky, bullshit pivot to emails. It doesn't delight me, and I'll tell you why. <laughs> because there were many people who watched this and were impressed by that. Oh, I bet. And that makes me sad. That, oh, look at this expert politicking. Wee After getting a subpoena from the United States con- Congress, what happened to the FBI? I don't know. We have a great general, four-star general, today. You read it in all the papers going to potentially serve five years in jail for lying to the FBI. One lie. She's lied hundreds of times to the people, to Congress, and to the, to the FBI. He's going to probably go to jail. This is a four-star general. 
and she gets away with it and she can run for the presidency of the United States, that's really what you should be talking about, not fiction, where somebody wants fame or where they come out of her crooked campaign. Secretary Clinton. Well, every time uh, Donald is pushed on something, which is obviously uncomfortable, like what these women are saying, um, he immediately goes to uh, denying responsibility. Uh, and it's not just about women. He never apologizes or says he's sorry for anything. So we know what he has said and what he's done to women. But he also went after a disabled reporter, mocked and mimicked him on Wrong. national television. He went after Mr. and Mrs. Khan, the parents of a young man who died serving our country, a gold star family because of their religion. He went after John McCain, a prisoner of war, said he prefers people who aren't captured. He went after a federal judge born in Indiana, but who Donald said couldn't be trusted to try the fraud and racketeering case against Trump University because his parents were Mexican. So it's not one thing. This is a pattern, a pattern of divisiveness, of a very dark and in many ways, dangerous vision of our country where he incites violence, where he applauds people who are pushing and pulling and punching at his rallies. That is not who America is. And I hope that as we move in the last weeks of this campaign, more and more people will understand what's at stake in this election. It really does come down to what kind of country we are going to have. When she gave this answer... It really stuck with me that she really does have to walk a fine line being a woman. Because if a man, for instance, in the videos that I do, if I talk about somebody being divisive and I, I get animated and I get it, it, almost emotional about it, people think, ah, oh, look at that passionate guy. He really feels strongly about this. But if she does, she's perceived completely different based solely on the fact that she's a woman. Mm-hmm. And I think she very artfully delivered that message right there, towing that line without going over the edge where millions of Americans, men, or I guess women even, they probably have that bias too, that without uh, invoking that bias in people. I thought it was great. All right, well, moving on, the next clip is kind of a, a scrum between the two candidates talking about their individual foundations and the different claims that have been made on either side. This is an exchange that Hillary Clinton absolutely got the best of. At the Clinton Foundation, spend 90%, 90% of all the money that uh, is donated on behalf of programs of people around the world and in our own country. I'm very proud of that. We have the highest rating from the watchdogs that... Uh, follow foundations. And I'd be happy to compare what we do with the Trump Foundation, which took money from other people and bought a six foot portrait of Donald. I mean, who does that? Uh, It it just was (laughs) astonishing. But when it comes to Haiti, Haiti is the poorest country in our hemisphere. The earthquake and the hurricanes, it has devastated Haiti. Uh, Bill and I have been involved in trying to help Haiti for many years. The Clinton Foundation raised $30 million to help Haiti after the catastrophic uh, earthquake and all of the terrible problems the people there had. 
We've done things to help small businesses, agriculture, and so much else. And we're going to keep working to All help right. Haiti because it's an important uh, part of the American I, I wanna, uh, They don't experience. want you to help them anymore. I'd like to mention one thing. Trump Foundation, small foundation. People contribute. I contribute. The money goes 100%. 100% goes to different charities, including a lot of military. I don't get anything. I don't buy boats. I don't buy planes. What happens wasn't, is the money goes the, out. Wasn't some of the money used to settle your lawsuit, sir? No, it was. we put up the American flag, and that's it. They put up the American flag. We fought for the right in Palm Beach right, to put up the American there was a, flag. There was a penalty that was imposed by Palm Beach County, there and the was, money came there was, from your foundation. And by the way, the money, the money yourself, went sir. to Fisher House, where they build houses. The money that you're talking about went to Fisher House, where they build houses for veterans and disabled. I, I want to get into one but last... But of course, there's no way we can know whether any of that is true. Before she gets into his taxes, which is what she's getting ready to do there, Chris Wallace failed here. He didn't get to the crux of what he was getting at and allowed Donald Trump to obfuscate. What he was getting at is something we've talked about on the show, that Donald Trump was using charity money, foundation money, to pay the the awards, the judgments in specific civil lawsuits. That's illegal. And Chris Wallace let him off the hook here by not pinning him down and making him answer the question. True, because he hasn't released his tax returns. He is the first candidate ever to run for president in the last 40 plus years who has not released his tax return. So everything he says about charity or anything else, uh, we can't uh, prove it. You can look at our tax returns. We've got them all out there. But what is really troubling uh, is that we learned in the last debate he has not paid a penny in federal income tax. And we were talking about immigrants a few minutes ago, Chris. You know, half of all immigrants, undocumented immigrants in our country, actually pay federal income tax. So we have undocumented immigrants in America who are paying more federal income tax than a billionaire. I, want, I find so that let me just, just tell you astonishing. That's an awesome point. Mm-hmm. That about half of undocumented immigrants in our country are paying income tax. And that means they're all contributing to the betterment of America more than Donald Trump, the billionaire. Right. I'm glad she slipped that in there. So next up for me was about the most shocking moment of the night, and it's when Chris Wallace asks very point blank to Donald Trump in the wake of all of this conspiracy and all this bullshit about rigged elections, he asks him, if you happen to lose on November 8th, are you going to accept the, uh, I guess I don't have to, if I can repeat the question when he's getting ready to say it. You have been warning at re- rallies recently that this election is rigged and that Hillary Clinton is in the process of trying to steal it from you. Your running mate, Governor Pence, pledged on Sunday that he and you, his words, will absolutely accept the result of this election. Today, your daughter Ivanka said the same thing. I want to ask you here on the stage tonight, do you make the same commitment that you will absolutely, sir, that you will absolutely accept the result of this election? I will look at it at the time. I'm not looking at anything now. I'll look at it at the time. What I've seen, what I've seen is so bad. First of all, the media is so dishonest and so corrupt and the pile on is so amazing 
The New York Times actually wrote an article about it that they don't even care. It's so dishonest, and they've poisoned the minds of the voters. But unfortunately for them, I think the voters are seeing through it. I think they're going to see through it. We'll find out on November 8th, but I think they're going to see through it. But, sir, there's a— If you look—excuse me, Chris. If you look at your voter rolls, you will see millions of people that are registered to vote. Millions. This isn't coming from me. This is coming from Pew Report and other places. Millions of people that are registered to vote that shouldn't be registered to vote. So— let me just give you one other thing. So I talk about the corrupt media. I talk about the million. Let's talk about the millions of people who are registered to vote who shouldn't be registered to vote. That doesn't mean anything. It doesn't mean that they're going to vote. It means maybe somebody died six months ago and they're still on the rolls. Or they died the day before the election. Yeah, It doesn't mean they're going to vote. Yeah. That's not voter fraud, dickface. I also love how he's saying the media poisoned the minds of the voters. No, every time you open your mouth, yes. you poison the minds of the voters. Uh, it's of you. Tell you one other thing. She shouldn't be allowed to run. It's cro- it, she's, she's guilty of a very, very serious crime. She should not be allowed to run. And just in that respect, I say it's rigged. Because she but, should never, Chris, she should never have been allowed to run for the presidency based on what she did with emails and so many other but, things. But, sir, there is a tradition in this country. In fact, one of the prides of this country is the peaceful transition of power and that no matter how hard fought a campaign is, that at the end of the campaign, that the loser concedes to the winner. Not saying that you're necessarily going to be the loser or the winner, but that the loser concedes to the winner and that the country comes together in part for the good of the country, are you saying you're not prepared now to commit to that principle? What I'm saying is that I will tell you at the time. I'll keep you in suspense. Great. What, that's a wonderful role for a president is to keep the country in suspense. You know, I just went and looked at a Fox News link, and the top comment says, if Hillary Clinton wins, we need to appear in Washington, D.C. I'm using different words. Right. In large numbers uh, and right and this comment has 19,000 likes and this is scary he knows the fury that he's going to gin up with something like this he he does he already has that county sheriff from Milwaukee saying it's pitchforks and in torches time and this is scary it is scary that's not hyperbole this is fucking scary yeah this is unprecedented talk. This is the division of the union that's kind why, of talk. That's why you heard people gasping yes. in the audience. Unbelievable. And we're going to end the show with Hillary Clinton's awesome, thoughtful, poignant response. I'm, I'll keep you in suspense. Well, okay? Chris, let me respond to that because that's horrifying you know, every time Donald <laughs> thinks things are not going in his direction, he claims whatever it is is rigged against him. Uh, the FBI conducted a year-long investigation into my emails. They concluded there was no case. He said the FBI was rigged. He lost the Iowa caucus. He lost the Wisconsin primary. He said the Republican primary was rigged against him. Then Trump University gets sued for fraud and racketeering, he claims the court system and the federal judge is rigged against him. <laughs> uh, there was even a time when 
he didn't get an Emmy for his TV program three years in a row, and he started tweeting that the Emmys were rigged. Should have gotten it. This, this is a mindset. <laughs> Chris this Wallace. Is, this is how Donald thinks. And it's funny, but it's also really troubling. Okay. Now, that is not the way our democracy works. We've been around for 240 years. We've had free and fair elections. We've accepted the outcomes when we may not have liked them. And that is what must be expected of anyone standing on a debate stage during a general election. You know, President Obama said the other day, when you're whining before hold, hold, the game is folks. even hold on, finished, folks. it just shows you, you're not up to doing the job. And let's, you know, let's be clear about what he is saying and what that means. He is denigrating. He's talking down our democracy. And I, for one, am appalled that somebody who is the nominee of one of our two major parties would take that kind of position. And all Republicans nationwide should be speaking out, condemning these remarks, condemning these claims, batting away this conspiracy theory and this fucking filthy paranoia. It's not good. It's unhealthy for our nation. And it's, it, it's, it's divisive in our democracy. Yeah. And again, I was irritated that Chris Wallace laughed here. Right. Because even if he's laughing because he cannot believe what's happening in front of him, it's, he, it's inappropriate. He, he because needs to show a little bit more bearing than that. Donald Trump should not be validated in any way right. whatsoever. He's making a mockery of this. This he, is not a, again, this is not a reality show. This is our country. Also, Chris Wallace isn't a participant. He moderates. There should be no reaction. No matter how funny the fucking joke is. At a serious event, the third presidential debate. I mean, luckily, Hillary Clinton is wildly ahead of Donald Trump. I mean, he's he's at risk of losing the state of Texas. <laughs> One more time, everybody. Donald Trump, Republican is very well in 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 at risk <laughs> of losing the state of Texas. Uh the media. That they're filthy po- media. They're poisoning in the minds of the Texans, everybody. <laughs> Woohoo! God damn. All right. Well, this has been a good debate episode, don't you think? Yeah. I Our must final say final debate episode. I must say you know, many people are, are saying that uh, this is a very good episode. Yeah. Well, believe it, me. It started with a Brittany, meat. Uh, believe me. It started with a meat and cheese treat. I think it's going <laughs> to end with a meat and cheese treat. We'll see. It likely will end. I with might a go meat crazy. And cheese treat. Listen, if you've lasted this long with this, I want to apologize. We're not going to do our regular episode. That looks like it's starting to be back on track that we're going to. No promises. But it very well could be we could be in a situation where that's going to start happening more normally because we don't like missing those midweek episodes either. We don't. They're good and we're good and everybody's really good. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, but please understand that it's 1230 a.m. right now. It is 1236 I have somewhere to be at 8 a.m. Yeah. And that means that the house has to be left at like 715. I also have... Because we live in L.A., and traffic, it kind of blows. I'll also tell you right now, I do not have something to do before tomorrow as well. <laughs> I don't. No homework is what you're saying. Nope. All right, everybody. We love you. We appreciate you. 
thank you. Why don't you tell a friend? Get somebody on the I Doubt It With Dollamore train, off of the Trump train, onto the I Doubt It With Dollamore train. If you love the show, if you hate the show, well, don't not if you hate the show, but if you're even if you're lukewarm about the show, why don't you head over to iTunes and leave us a review? That would be awesome. We love you. We appreciate you. You guys are seriously the best audience, the most responsive audience, and we cannot thank you enough. For Brittany Page, I am Jesse Dollamore, and this has been Bonus I Doubt. There's a joke there somewhere, but... <laughs> <laughs>